Hello, everybody. Welcome to Mediocre Conversations with Tom and Drew. I'm Tom. And I'm Drew. And this is the only podcast where we can guarantee the only thing you'll hear is mediocrity. That's right. And it's a mediocre guarantee at best. Mm. <laughs> nice. Mm. It's a mediocre it response. Seemed real apt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, talking to Soka, spoilers ahead for Soka episode four. four. So if you're all caught up, you're ahead of me. So don't spoil it for me. Other people. Uh, you last time we left off, I don't know if you all remember this. Drew was particularly excited about this episode. And I have a theory as to what he was talking about. I mentioned it in a text to him and he didn't respond back. So I don't know um, if that's what it was. But I'll start by saying I really like this episode. And one of my favorite things was the fighting. (laughs) There was some good fighting. And some interesting fighting. He's re- I'm sorry, everybody. He's reading through his text right now to see what I'm talking about. It was sandwiched, I believe, yep, in the middle of two other things that I was talking to him about. <clears throat> I really like the different fighting forms. They there show. we go. There it is. That's yeah. the prompt for me to respond to. That's right. All right. Duly noted. <laughs> what? What else? Would it, what else? What more do you need? I don't know. A question mark would have been mm. uh, an indicator. I think it wasn't maybe. a question. It was a statement, though. That would so, have been even so more I'm... confusing if I had put a question mark there. That's on you. All right. Uh, Duly noted. Yeah. We've just been communicating for almost ten years. It's real close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll get it down close. one of these days. Sure. I'm I'm still learning. I'm bad at it. So that's yeah, that's on me. My So this episode left yeah. me confused at the end. I had a different emotion. Oh, were you excited? No. Okay, you were irritated. I was disappointed. Disappointed. In which some... is worse than being angry if you're a small child apparently. Oh, really? <clears throat> well, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed right oh like if your parents say to it's hard for me right now to respond because i can hear you talk but your camera's not picking up until like a full second later oh really so it's very difficult to read your so if i talk really fast david or other behind yes all right cool (laughs) well i know what's causing that but well good thing we got that figured out before we started recording yeah no problem it's an exceptionally mediocre episode, it feels like. <laughs> uh, anyhow, we're asking forward. What did you think yeah. of the episode then? I thought it was really, I thought it was a good episode, uh-huh. but it's probably not one that I'm going to watch a lot. I, I oh. made myself go back and watch it in preparation for our for the show interesting um but and this is the literal definition i had of it is i i really enjoyed the episode and i still do yeah but the last five minutes of the episode was just so unbelievably disappointing to me not because the episode or the the story or anything about it was bad but because the decision that one of the characters made was so unbelievably wrong oh that i was i immediately went from like well all right i maybe i'm just out on this character maybe i'm just maybe i'm just off the boat maybe i'm just off the bandwagon with wow entirely and like wow so that's why i use the term disappointed because okay i didn't feel anger i was disappointed in that character i think we're supposed to be well then, bull, fucking bullseye. As far as I'm concerned, because maybe, maybe we're supposed to be. Do, do you have no sympathy? So <clears throat> here's, I mean, we're talking. We have a podcast dedicated to talking about it. We should just explain 
sure what we're talking about maybe yeah 100 percent um so what's his name oh man balin yeah hell yeah uh balin and ahsoka they they have it out well also first of all huyang is like hey you two this is just my calculated advice over a millennia of existing don't split up you guys are going to be stronger together so stay together and then they're like okay but the first chance i get fuck you i'm splitting up so have you ever heard someone say something and been like (laughs) huh i wonder if that's going to come into play almost (laughs) immediately yeah I would have preferred they stay together and somehow still get fucked up. That would have been, that would have at least, cause then you don't know where they're going with it. Right. But, um, <clears throat> so Sabine and Shin. Shin, they, they decide that it's time for them to fight again. Ahsoka decides that it's okay to let that happen. Um, cause they fought, they, cause they've been sparring a couple times. So she's ready. Right. It's there's been a ton of progress since she got stabbed in the abdomen. Yeah, yeah that couldn't have been that long ago, right? Couple days. It, it was not a long time ago. It was not. <laughs> yeah. I'm betting if you touch that spot, I bet it's, it's still, still tender, tender, right? <laughs> yeah, it's still tender. It's yeah. still she's just like, I would like another, please. But this time she's armored out. That does help. Right. Now, I don't. So someone asked, someone posted this question on social media and they were like, why does Din Jaren's armor look so cool and Sabine's armor looks like crap? And I was like, one of them is made of Beskar. <laughs> and is, def- is and hers def- not? That is correct. Now, she did I will deflect lightsaber. So her Vambrances. Yeah, yeah. Forearm stuff. Would not be surprised if those were Beskar. Okay. But the rest of it, no. <laughs> not every Mandalorian has Beskar armor. That is the one thing that the Mandalorian television show set up for us is that Beskar, it rare. <laughs> yeah, so for sure. I'm sure it's here in bits and pieces. However. Also, his was not only Beskar, but we saw it straight out the shop that was fresh off the manufacturer's floor that that was tailor fitted yeah hers hers was under a mound of dust yeah so like if you have like a suit that could pay for a small town or a moon you don't keep that in a box (laughs) under your desk yeah no no so Sometimes people are dumb. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. So, yes, uh, but Shin and Sabine square off. That's not really the fight I want to talk about. No, it's time. not. I'm just leading up to the fight you're wanting to talk about. Appreciate it. Um. <clears throat> uh, now, I mentioned the fighting forms, which was that the part that you were geeked about? No. Okay. Well, that's the part I'm geeked about Let's because about we haven't seen it very often like we know that uh we know that everyone has like their own style and you don't they don't really go into like what what it does or like how it's different like obi-wan is a little more defensive right and he holds his lightsaber a specific way and uh anakin was another way yeah the opposite yeah his was more aggressive and i don't know you know the We've talked about lightsaber uh, forms before, yeah. right? Combat before. And like we've also discussed how Dooku was um, particularly good at it, mm-hmm. specifically against other lightsaber wielders, because he that's what he that's the, the lion that he fed, right? <clears throat> right. And uh, he spent a lot of time practicing that one that that specific a specific form that was dedicated to to um, other people with lightsabers but ahsoka she is all over the fucking place and she seemed fairly proficient at all of them but she has single hand combat single 
lightsaber, dual lightsaber, um, defensive. But she switched in and out of four or five different forms while she's fighting. It was interesting because she fought uh, whatever his name is. Maroc. Maroc. Yeah. Made him my dead. Spoiler alert. Uh, In typical samurai fashion, by the way. Right? Mm -hmm. So he did the whole... I don't know why. I don't know why these, um, whatever they're called, remind me. Inquisitors. Thank you very much. See, we finish each other's sandwiches. Yes. And um, these Inquisitors, they have a fancy lightsaber that spins it. It's a dual lightsaber that spins around really fast, basically like a propeller. Mm hmm. And not once have I seen any of them use it to affect. It's never been well, good. Nope. No. <laughs> I'm sure it does a really good job at scaring the peasants, but the other people with lightsabers, it's not, it doesn't work. Yeah. And it goes to show how uh, confident and methodical Ahsoka is. Yes. That she's running through, as she's fighting uh, Maroc mm-hmm. and Balin, she keeps changing. And it's kind of cool to show that. I think that's a little more apt for sword fighting in general, where it's more of a chess game than it is brute force, mm-hmm. especially when you're playing against somebody else who is very good. Yes. Cause, cause we, we, uh, we do see some lightsaber battles, but most of the time they're just fighting people shooting at them. And so it's a lot of like deflect, deflect, push, deflect, chop. And by the time the clone wars had started, like there were so few, if any, that's true. Virtually none. Yeah. Other lightsaber wielding opponents in the Not galaxy. A lot of opportunity. That that's why Dooku was so good at fencing, so to speak, with yeah. other users was that he practiced the art that they used to practice when there were Sith around in the thousands. Yeah. But when you're just fighting battle droids or the occasional guy with a blaster, it like takes it, less finesse. It takes a lot more. It's a lot more big. It's a bigger payoff to be like, I practice bouncing these away from myself. (laughs) So you lose, you know, you don't lose, you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. And makes sense. Which is why it's so interesting to me that Ahsoka ran through so many of these things because she's fighting two very knowledgeable lightsaber wielders and she's changing. Now we've seen, uh, we've seen it in the, short episodes the short cartoons i can't remember the name of them now there it is see finishing my sentences all over carrying you is more like it but sure (laughs) i'm not here for the knowledge i'm here for the other stuff yeah you're the host that's right yeah um that when she trains she trains until she she bleeds and breathes whatever she's training in yeah anakin really put her through her paces yeah which was which ended up being absolutely necessary yeah and it's a good thing that he did that however i do want to i do want to make one small correction she's not flipping through different lightsaber forms Mm -hmm. she's flipping through different lightsaber grips sure so, but I take your meaning, which yeah. is that what she is doing is pre- so like the big reveal when Darth Maul burst on the scene was, oh, he's got a double bladed lightsaber. How do you handle that if mm-hmm. you're not used to it? Yeah. She's presenting the same kind of challenge to her opponents yeah. by alternating her grip coming at you from an unorthodox mm-hmm. spots, you know, and basically, like you said, playing a chess game with them. Yeah. Which to me just spoke to how much training she does and has been doing, I think, even though we haven't seen her in, in a very long time. Yeah, and I I do I will I will hearken back again to Anakin's training is that yeah. like when it comes to any other Padawan being trained by any other Jedi Knight or Master, they are not going to put the type of emphasis on combat skills that Anakin Skywalker placed on combat skills. <laughs> right. 
And so like other Padawans are becoming proficient, but Ahsoka got like a PhD level course as a teenager. Yeah. In this. So which is ex- exceptionally advanced. Which, yeah. And I think, and this just shows that because that's what I was thinking as she was changing her grips, as you say, which is just another, it's just another way of fighting altogether, right? Like it's like fight uh, while standing on one foot. Okay. Now fight while you're standing on one hand. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and it's in a, it's in a fight with another person who's trying to murder you. So I mean, the you don't you don't there. do that. You don't do that unless you're pretty fucking confident in what you're doing. Sure. And so that just made me think of Anakin training her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just it just wow. That must be what she has been doing because we don't see it hardly ever. We don't well, we don't know what she's doing, but like she's clearly she's been practicing, and it sort of is the inverse of Sabine. When Huyang is like, oh, have you been practicing? And she's like, nah, nah, not a, not a bit. I'm going to take us on a bit of a journey here. Oh. Have you ever watched the television show How I Met Your Mother? Yes. So there's a character played by Neil Patrick Harris named Barney, right? And he's remarkably self-confident guy. Yeah. Right? So uh, in one of the seasons, Marshall, played by Jason Siegel, is training to run the New York Marathon. And he's training for months and months and months. And so he's talking about wanting to accomplish this thing. And Barney makes light of it. And he's like, why don't you just like get up and do it? Right. You know, and, and Jason looks at her like Marshall looks at him. And he's like, cause you can't just get up and run a marathon. You have to train for it. And he was like, okay, okay, dude. And so Marshall's like, you're saying that you could just wake up the day of the marathon and run it. And he was like, yeah. So they make a bet. So the day of the marathon, like Barney registers or whatever, he wakes up the day of the marathon, puts on his Jamaica-themed track suit, and runs the whole thing and completes it. And so he's he's lording it over Marshall because he's got like his participation, I finished the New York Marathon medal. Yeah. He gets on the subway to go home and his legs won't work. And he has to call his friend Ted to come get him because he's just looping on the subway and he can't get off. Yeah. So yeah, he got up and did it. But at such a cost, right? That it's effectively not worth anything because then he couldn't move afterwards. And that room, every time I watch Sabine do anything in, with the Jedi arts in the show, I think that's just like Barney running the New York Marathon. Yeah, like sure. you did it. Congrats, you're not really a marathon runner. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and she's it shows. It's interesting because I got to imagine that uh, Ahsoka approach training sabine the same way anakin approached training her right which was i would say, i would think she dialed it down a little i guess i guess we got from the one music montage of them uh training so that mm-hmm. she could get uh back to you know jedi level because that's how 80s movies worked right yeah yeah that's all it takes <clears throat> i guess she didn't like drill hard she was she was just like patient and calm with her mm-hmm feel like Anakin would have been a bit more um she would have been bleeding I'm sure by the time they were all done if it were although Ahsoka has a better uh a better time with the force than Sabine does correct which matters it does matter so I just thought that was interesting Ahsoka kind of showing us that basically like I don't stop getting better and i don't stop working on what i need to no matter what which i really enjoyed um so she dispatches of uh mall rat maroc there it is uh i thought malark at first and i was like no that can't be right it's close most of the letters are there uh in a really cool way and then goes to balin Hang on. We're, yeah. We're burying a lead here. There we go. When you say she disposed of him in a really cool way. Yeah. She she cuts him across the torso and he dies. The manner of his death, however, is a big mystery. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. We should talk about that. <laughs> Thank you. So he does the whole spinny thing. She does the samurai thing where samurai slash anime 
thing, right? Where like she just leaps across his his where his point of travel, and then she's alive and he falls in half because she sliced him in twain. Right. So this is the concept um, in sword fighting from Japan, where when you pull a sword from its scabbard, the pull yeah should also be an attack. Yeah. You don't remove the sword from its scabbard, get ready, and then attack. The movement to withdraw the sword is also a strike. And that is what she does to this, I'm going to say, guy. Because I don't (laughs) think he is one anymore. No. So she cuts him across the torso. He's He falls to his knees. He's very clearly in distress. And I'm ready for him just to fall over. Yeah. But before that happens a ton of green smoke erupts from the dude's wound. And then he literally has like a spasm and then dies. Yeah. And my first thought was this guy has been reanimated by a night sister. Yeah, that's a, I bet that's what it is. A hundred percent. But if that is true, it's the most sophisticated reanimation I've ever seen. Every sure. example of reanimating a corpse from a night sister that I am aware of in Star Wars, with the exception of Maroc, if that is indeed what happened, turned the person who was being reanimated into nothing more than a mindless zombie. Right. Who followed a command as to whoever reanimated them. Yeah. That is clearly not who Maroc is. No. He could speak, he could follow instructions. He responded. He worked as a team. He fought a Jedi. He is effectively a completely reanimated person for all intents and purposes. Yeah. Without us possibly knowing that. So my best guess is that he was an Inquisitor who then was reanimated by something and is made... Yeah. To follow Balin or Morgan or whomever it was that reanimated it. Yeah. But I didn't much care about the character until he died, and now I'm dying <laughs> to know about him. I wonder, I mean, it's it cannot be a coincidence that we ha- now see the Night Sisters. We have we have a Night Sister here. She's clearly doing Night Sister shit. Witchy shit. And now we get this. Like with the orb, she. Huh? Yeah, with the yeah with the. Yeah. Yeah, the orb. Yeah, that's very cluster, very clearly night sister magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Here's then a... we get this guy. I I don't yeah. think that I think that they're related. Is what I'm saying. I agree with you. Yeah. Okay, let's move to Balin versus Ahsoka. Yeah. Before we do that, I want to talk about Balin and Shin. Yeah. So let's let's do a little backstory on these char- these characters. We don't know anything about these two characters. However, their last names, Skull and Hati, are characters from Norse mythology. They are wolves that chase the sun and the moon until the end of the world. And then during Ragnarok, the end of the world in Norse mythology, they catch the sun and the moon and they devour them. So cool. It is cool. <clears throat> Skull, Balin, in Norse mythology is known as the one who mocks. And I think that we start to see this a little bit in his character and some of the very early lines of dialogue that he has. Like when he is appearing to Morgan as a hologram and he's like, oh, it would be a shame to kill Ahsoka Tano. There's so few Jedi left. Yeah. And she she's like, uh, is that sentiment? And he was like, truth. I think that that's a little bit of a mocking tone. And when he is discussing, um, there's a couple other lines of dialogue in the in the show, especially when he is interacting with Ahsoka during their fight. Yeah, yeah. And with Sabine afterwards, I also get the feeling that he is approaching these like interpersonal interactions as something of, let's say a little bit humorous as opposed to serious. Sure. 
On the other side, his apprentice, Shin, her last name being Hati, Hati is known as the one who hates. And I think this, yeah, I think, I think if that is the case and they gave Ivana Shienko, I think her name is, like the show notes, like this is how we want you to play the character, she's fucking nailing it. Yeah. Because it's very clear she cannot stand Sabine Red. She hates, she, she hates Sabine. Yeah. Um, and she has not blinked one time on camera. Her eyes are like that of a cat that has zeroed in on something that it wants to kill. And if she blinks, it'll get away. Right. Right. And she just feels like that ever present, relentless attacking thing that you just know is like, you are just a threat wrapped up in whatever skin and bone you happen to be occupying, but you're not really human. You're not really a person. The other thing I think is interesting is that I prefer to use the term dark Jedi for anybody who was trained as a Jedi Mm -hmm. who then falls to the dark side. Yeah. Balin seems the least dark of all dark Jedi I've ever been aware of. Yeah. It almost feels like he misses the Jedi order. Not just in like some of the things that he says, like it's a shame that there are so few Jedi left, but he also scorns them. Like the very first, one of the very first things we, we hear him say is when he stabs the captain of that transport ship is yeah. we are no Jedi. There's obvious scorn in his voice when he says that. Sure. You think he's so, upset about that? So, I mean, so like my question is like, what is it? What causes the fact that like you being referred to as a Jedi seems to initiate some kind of very negative visceral response from you? Yeah. But when you reminisce about the order, it almost feels like I can't ever really go home again. Shin has a Jedi Padawan braid. You're emulating the tradition. During his fight with Ahsoka, they have a, they have a dialogue where he basically says that her legacy and Anakin's is one of death and destruction, and he says it vehemently. It's like he's blaming her for that. And I always think, bro, look what you're doing. <laughs> you know, like you're helping rescue a guy that's going to start another war. Your stated endgame is to acquire power. That's not the peace-loving Jedi that I'm aware of. Is he is he wanting power so that he can bring the Jedi Order back? There's been a lot of speculation. I don't I don't know that there's enough evidence to support or deny any one individual claim. Or maybe not Jedi, but just like another sort of com congregation of force users a safe haven for them to operate again so i once again like i can't i can't say that you're sure correct but like if that were the case i don't know why he couldn't do it where he is right now yeah him and shin out there remotely rebuilding some kind of Mm -hmm. congregation or order of force users he very clearly wants to go wherever Thrawn is. Which yeah. kind of sounds like a Jedi temple fairy tale land. Yeah. Does he think I still don't understand how getting Thrawn back equals him getting enormous power. So here's the thing. I think that what he is in it for is the destination of where Thrawn is. He wants to go there. Because there's something there that's going to allow him this type of power that he wants. So to me, the way that I would describe it is when you were a kid and you saw a rainbow, you would try and find the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and you never could. Right. This feels like that. It's a fairy tale from the Jedi temple that younglings were told. He thinks it could be based in fact. We're going to go there because that's where this other guy is. Okay. 
So I'm going to help you, Morgan, go get Grand Admiral Thrawn, but it's a one-way ticket for me. So he could care less that Thrawn is there. I don't think he gives two shits about Grand Admiral Thrawn. Interesting. Okay. That makes sense. I didn't get it, but it makes it makes sense. Yeah. And so like I would love it if like when Shin is asking him like what happens when Thrawn returns, if he'd be like, Well, here is the 14 step plan. Yeah, right. You have 26 minutes because that's how long it's gonna go over the 14 points. So but what what could he possibly looking for? Does he want to acquire power and return? Does he want to go somewhere and set up camp? and have power there yeah what is it I, we, and i don't know that we'll get that answer but it's the one that i care about the most him and shin make a an interesting team yeah because i got to imagine at some point he's gonna be like no let's not just go straight rage on this let's think about it and she just kills him because that's just what she does, right? She's a hammer. Well, let's think about her like this. Right now, she is a hammer, right? Yeah. She's the go get stuff done member of the duo. Yeah. Go here. Make sure that this gets completed. Go attack the Jedi. Clearly it, using hate as her fuel. She, yes, she very much, I think, draws upon the power that like anger and hatred provide, right? That was Ahsoka's point to Sabine when they were yeah. training. Um, I think that Shin is all in on that message. I think that's that's an accurate call on your part. With Balin, I get the feeling that he's more of the like manipulative type of yeah. personality. Yeah, I mean, we see that. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, why, that's you're, why I think it. You're very uh, unhappy part of this. <laughs> yeah. So, you have this pair. Somehow, yeah. they have hooked up with an, a, apparently a very well-placed ex-imperial agent in Morgan Elspeth. Yeah. We're going to go get Grand Admiral Thrawn. Cool. There's this wonderful fringe benefit that whenever we show up to where you are, where he is, that's going to allow us our Mario Brothers jump on the mushroom, <laughs> get big moment, right? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> um. So Ahsoka and Balin square off. Ahsoka's goal, get the map. Yeah. Balin's goal. And destroy the map. Yeah. We're playing keep away. That's the 100%. Balin, right off the bat, starts to try and disarm her with words. She shows up. He's aware that she's there. Everyone in the temple knew who Anakin Skywalker was. He goes for the jugular. Yeah. Right off the bat. So easy to say years later after the fact. Right. But he says some very interesting things. Yeah. Very few people would live to see who he became. Let's remember, very recently we had the Kenobi show. Ben Kenobi doesn't know who who Darth Vader was. Yeah. Balin's skull, however, knew. Interesting. That there is probably 10 people in the galaxy that knew that Anakin Skywalker became Darth Vader. There's something that Balin says to Sabine after her fight with Ahsoka, where he says, you feel that Ezra Bridger is the only family that you have left. Your family died on Mandalore. Your master had walked away from you. And that's, that's, I'm not repeating the quote correctly. Sure. Like your master had left and your family on Mandalore died. Something like that. Ahsoka left when he's talking to Sabine. Sabine, yes, Sabine's family on Mandalore died. That's very clearly after the events of the Clone Wars. Yeah. So, you know, and probably after the rebellion or during the rebellion, when the Empire raised Mandalore and made it look like how we see it in Mandalorian season three. So there's got to be some animosity between Ahsoka and Sabine about the fact that, oh, hey, you left, and then because you weren't here to help, my family died. And now I think that helps explain why she feels that Ezra is her only family left. But it confuses me 
because here she is hanging out with Soka. Here she is with Hera and Chopper and Jason on yeah. Lothal, their home world, with yeah. all the people that she saved. Why is Ezra the one? Sure. That, that seems odd to me. But Balin has this running dialogue, and you want to talk about lightsaber combats. If he doesn't use the exact same form that Anakin Skywalker does, I'm fucking stupid. <laughs> sure. His form is all about getting in close and beating you up with haymakers. Yeah. And we see Ahsoka spinning, twirling, deflecting, trying to just stay out of it. And here's the thing that I was might be most surprised about. He wins. Yeah. He beats her in lightsaber combat. Yeah. I don't know anyone who has done that. None of the Inquisitors. Anakin didn't. He's, so, he's in rare company. Now, he does <laughs> he does do it when Sabine shows up. So maybe Ahsoka was... Uh, oh, I think that the distraction was real. Yeah. 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 Um, so then Sabine watches Balin swipe her off a cliff. Straight off a cliff. Not a little cliff. No. Not a sloping cliff. Pretty big cliff. A sheer cliff. Yeah. Uh, and then he has a conversation with Sabine while she's holding the map at gunpoint because their supercomputer was getting the directions from it and it takes a long time, apparently. I mean, it's a wireless connection. Yeah. Uh, so dial up. It took a, it took a minute. Um in in normal star wars fashion but uh so then him and sabine and uh, uh balin are having a conversation yeah and this is where the epi- i just like my whole emotional state just crashed and burned yeah so balin balin knows an absolute ton about who he's fighting yeah it's like he has a dossier performed on it's like he watched Rebels, basically. You know, and I'm like, sure. <laughs> how the fuck yeah. do you know this stuff, bro? I mean, yeah. like, it's a big galaxy. And, but he uses that information to totally emotionally disarm Sabine. And this is the reason to me that Sabine Wren can never be a Jedi Knight. I could care. I, I care about the Force side of it. This decision. Yeah is the evidence that she can never be a Jedi Knight. She hasn't learned the lesson that it's not about you. It's about someone else. Yeah. And she makes a completely selfish choice. Yeah. Well, the whole time she has been, right? Like, yes. It's basically, yeah, I'll I'll start training with you again because you and I are going to go to where Ezra is. And even, you know, during uh, the la- the end of the last episode, right? When, yes. when they're just like, oh, we found it. We can go get Ezra back is her thought right. process, right? Right. The whole time. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> as soon as he started talking to her, I'm like, oh, this is just, this is just Palpatine and Anakin all over again. 100% it is. That's perfect. Yeah. That's a perfect comparison. Have you ever heard the Thank story you. of Darth Plagueis the Wise? <laughs> yeah. You know, so, like, go ahead. Well, I'm just, so she's holding the map hostage, threatening to destroy it because they need it to download uh, the rest of the uh, Garmin directions from MapQuest and Google Maps. And he's like, okay, well, he talks her into not basically. And he's he's basically just like, Look, you are so alone. You need Ezra because he's the only thing you have left. Don't you want that? I want to give you that. Mm-hmm. You're so- an amazing person. <laughs> You're so smart and cute and funny. Yeah. So pretty. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, she does. You want to know how people fall to the dark side? This is how. Yeah. So. It's not, 
I mean, the the most dramatic example we have, of course, is Anakin Skywalker. It doesn't get much sure. more dramatic than that. No, but a lot no. of a lot of characters over in the history of Star Wars, a lot of a lot of whom most people have never heard of or seen, don't fall to the dark side because they're the chosen one conceived by the Force, yeah. seduced to the dark side to save the one person that you think that you can only that makes up the core of your existence, right? Yeah. People fall to the dark side because they want to know what it's like. They're curious. They want power because they feel insecure. They feel vulnerable. And they want, they want to be made whole. And the dark side will seduce you because it, it tells you that there is a path to the thing that you want. And you never, ever get it. You never get what you want when you take that path. And Sabine, yeah. who I'm convinced is not force sensitive, if she was, she's going dark because this is the kind of decision on a slippery kind of slope that you make when you start to go dark side. You're thinking about yourself. You're willing to compromise the safety of mil- billions of people. Yeah. You're willing to let an authoritarian government have a second crack at galactic domination so that you can get your friend back. Now, she did just see her master and longtime friend presumably die. Sure. So she has in her mind nobody. To your point, you listed off a whole bunch of people that she was surrounded by. Yeah. When we first saw her. Sure. But she was still focused on Ezra. Even the first thing that she says, right? When someone's like, hey, we had a whole fucking day for you, for, for everybody. And she's like, not everybody. Right. They're like, everyone was there. And she said, not everybody was there. Kanan's so like not there. Ezra's not there. Yeah. It's Ahsoka so, I mean, there. all she's all, I, I mean, I think she was ripe for, for dark side influence because all she's thinking about is what she doesn't have and how can she get it? Right. Right. Yes. Now it's an interesting thing Now, star Wars. I don't know if it's easier to do it with star Wars, but just like showing showing how almost anybody can be susceptible to the dark side just by how subtly they do it. Right. Like Anakin's it's so comical because it's a star Wars movie and it has to be big. And I'm trying to think of like real world sort of equivalencies to it, but just like just the slow sort of like, um, well, you, you want to be safe, right? Like you, I can tell that you really want your, your wife, mother of your children, child to be safe. Like you want, I want that for you. Mm-hmm. I want to help you get that. Like, mm-hmm. and just like, help you. yeah, just, just nurturing this, this fear, but also this desire to, to be there for your loved one. And like, manipulating something so valiant and beautiful into something where you end up murdering children. Like that's, that's a zero to 100 and and half a second, but like, it really is interesting. And if you just, if you think about it just on a, on a sheer, like manipulative level of just like writing it on paper, think about it on paper, right? Don't, don't put into it. Like there's galaxies and, and laser swords, but just like, what was actually happening is pretty fucking dark and very tragic. Yes. And showing that it, that it can happen to, I mean, if it can happen to Anakin now, I don't know if you get so high up there, right? Like if I'm involved in the scandal is not nearly as bad as if the president is involved in this scandal, right? So like, those are the sort of magnitude of, of uh, cause and effect. Right. So Anakin's is, is obviously huge, but like showing, showing it in, in Sabine, I, I appreciate that storytelling too. And like, just like the, the reality of, of wanting things and also the importance of, and the difficulty of being a Jedi. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, 
Jedi are able to look at that scenario, good Jedi anyway, and be like, as much as it pains me to not do that thing, it is in nobody else's best interest but my own to do that. Right. I will not do that. And this is a a group of people, a community of people that have all decided to take the choice that benefits them least if, if it benefits others more. Right. Which is huge, but then that just makes it even more tragic, right? And uh, such a bigger deal to make them, to turn them to the dark side, right? Yeah. Because they don't even know what happens. Anakin doesn't know what happens until he's just like, I have to I have to do all of these terrible things. And even then, he only sees it as, I have to do this to protect those that I love. Right. Right? I mean, he does choke her and throw her down. While she's pregnant, but that's when it's, that's when he's gone, right? That's when it's, that's Darth Vader, essentially. Yeah, he is drunk on the dark side at that point. There's yeah. no doubt. So it's just like, you know, oh, I need to, I need to buy all of these guns and I need to set all of these things up to protect my children. And then you end up shooting one of your children to protect, right. you know, because of some perceived uh, danger to your children. Yeah. Or, right? the, or the DoorDash driver that dropped off the food that you ordered sure. 45 minutes ago. Sure. Yeah. Yeah all that so i don't know like they do they do a good job of showing showing that turn and it, he does a really good job balen does here in just showing how like if you came in knew nothing about what they were trying to do you just started at that monologue where he's talking to her and and basically relaying her history and of loss mm-hmm. and loneliness you would be like, yeah, give him the fucking map. Let's go do this, right? If you only came in when Balin is talking to her. Do I know who Sabine Wren is? Well, he's laying out he's laying out her history right there. So let let me okay. What you're describing in in that, yeah, it's sad. It's sad. I feel bad for Sabine. I do. Sure. Yeah. Do I wish that Ezra could come back and they could be a family again? Yeah. I do. This is not the order. I'm not yeah. holding Ahsoka and Kanan Jarrus and Sabine Wren and whomever else is out there to the, the principles that the Jedi Order implemented. That, that Jedi Order is gone. Yeah. Regardless of that, you the decision that she made, I don't know there's justification for it. Do I understand how she could make it? Yep. Do I think it was unjustified? Yep. Did my heart break a little bit and I'm completely disappointed in her? Yes. Sure. And I don't know what they can do to set, she could do to set this right. I don't think there's any chance Thrawn doesn't make it back. Yeah. I think Phase two Star Wars is going to be Thrawn based. And yeah, good. Good. I like a villain that's built up and not killed in two episodes. Yes. (laughs) Like it's one thing to see what they've done. We don't know what he's done. He hasn't done anything yet, as far as we know, right? Yeah, we have a buddy that's asking questions about like why this dude is so cool. Yeah. And I hope that. Star Wars fans, new Star Wars fans who maybe don't know who Grand Admiral Thrawn is, yeah, will get an opportunity to see why he is so cool. But even though I want that character to come back and let's cause a little mischief, the way that it happened is very you can't get behind it for me. Yeah, so I'm so you you don't understand. Well, uh, okay, I'm not going to criticize the show for the decision that they made to do it. Okay. What I am saying, though, is that, like, I am disappointed in the character of Sabine because of the way what she did in order to allow that to happen. Yeah. That's just good writing then, huh? Yes, it's good writing. (laughs) Unfortunately. Yes. I mean, it's if their goal was to make people feel the way that I feel when she handed over the map, 
Yeah. Congratulations. You did it. Chat GPT can't do that. So like, <laughs> Hey, these people so the writers. shows again. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> because, because this is the stuff that I'm addicted to. And yeah. Yeah. So in the show, I am, I am going to have a tough time with Sabine because mm-hmm. of this choice that she made. Do I blame the, the, the people who wrote it and because it's a bad decision that they did this? Absolutely not. However, I am super upset <laughs> because yeah. it's a, you, this was maybe the most predictable thing that could have happened in the show. Because as you have said, Ahsoka shows up, Hey, we need to go get the map. You got, can you open this for me? Don't leave the ship, leaves the ship. Hey, take good care of the map. We can't let that fall into the wrong hands. We don't want Thrawn to come back. Immediately loses the map. Hey, we have to go get the map back. You mean Ezra Bridger? No, the map. Oh, so Ezra has the map? No, just the map. <laughs> Ezra's in a different galaxy. So we're going to go get Ezra Bridger? No. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. So, hey, our ship broke down on this planet. Cool. Let's go get the map map so we can go get Ezra. No, let's have another talk about this. The map brings back the bad guy. That's the point. Oh, so Ezra's the point of what we're going to go bring back? Right. No. No, Sabine, Sabine. <laughs> He's Pay snapping attention. his fingers. Yeah. We're we're doing this to prevent Thrawn's return. We're not doing this <clears throat> to go get Ezra. Have you ever been on the same page? She's never been on the same page. Is there a chance Ahsoka sensed all of this turmoil in her and, and should have probably been like, maybe you sit this one out? Because I know that a couple times I were like, you've done enough. Thank you. And they're like, I'm coming with you. Right. So should have just been like, no, sit there. Stop it. I'm leaving. Don't put a tracker on me. Just fucking stay. Yeah. <laughs> um, Chopper's great. Yeah. But uh, Jedi make mistakes. It's it, sure. And we see them because it's, you don't have stories without them. If everything just works out all the time. But yeah. She probably should have left her at home after. Well, I don't know. Here, here's the thing I'll give her. Sabine got all up in her armor, cut her hair and said, I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to commit to this. Let's go. Yeah. And Ahsoka believed her. So hard to fault either one of them for that, to be honest. Sure. Well, I'll fault Sabine because she clearly lied about it. So. <laughs> Well, However, I mean, she probably she was probably like, yeah, Ezra still, right? How could it be bad bringing back somebody who gave their life for us, saving their life in return? That's so, so means, noble. I'm glad that you brought that up because here's the other side of it. Ezra Bridger would not support this decision. Sure. Ezra Bridger traded everything and everyone he knew to liberate his homeworld and save his friends. And he did that by removing Grand Admiral Thrawn from yeah. the battle. And now the consequence of bringing back Ezra Bridger is that Thrawn is going to start another war that's going to endanger his friends and his planet. And by the way, lots of other situations exactly like that one yeah. across the rest of the galaxy he is a Jedi Knight. He like, would never do this. I got to imagine that what that first conversation between Ezra and uh, Sabine, Ezra is going to be like, "How did you do? How how did you how did you get this to work? This is incredible. How did you do?" It's like, well, I uh, I undid everything that you did. That's that's how I did it. And he'd be like, "Oh, what the fuck." Why would you do that? You know what's going to happen, though? And this is going to be irksome, quite <laughs> irksome to me. Is he's going to forgive her. Yeah. He's going to say, oh, I don't well, think Jedi hold grudges, though, right? They don't. Drew does. <laughs> That's why it's irksome. <clears throat> I'm not a Jedi Knight. So... 
the, there's one of two ways I see that story ending up. He either forgives her and it's like, oh, I understand why you did this. That's understandable. Hey, we got to go focus on the problem. Or it's like, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty pissed off. I can't and then believe she's you did running this. Be- behind him trying to get his forgiveness as, as they're both co- trying to coincidentally solve the problem. Yeah. You know, or whatever. And I'm, I'm thinking like, and then something will happen. Like she'll be put at risk and he'll realize that it's more important uh, to forgive than to hold, you know, than to be upset at it. Yeah. And, uh, and then they'll be okay because what's really important is them being together or whatever. And it's like, Oh wait, people are going to die and li- like freedom's going to be squashed. And uh, it's all her fault. It's 100% yeah. her fault. At least we can rogue the end of Rogue One. It. Yeah. Just hold hands while we fucking get decimated. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah. Rogue One came out like five years ago. So. Yeah. All right. We got like five minutes. So the ending here. So we see Ahsoka fall yeah. to her doom only to find out she is now in some sort of astral slip and slide. Okay. This place that she is. So first of all, I think she's dead. Oh, okay. Second of all, this place that she's in is called the world between worlds. Okay. If you listen to social media, this is how star Wars is supposedly going to introduce the multiverse now why are people doing the multiverse now because they're stupid and that's they they know that (sighs) uh disney also owns the mcu and the mcu did the multiverse so therefore it has to take place in star wars as well let me let me reassure the listener that um that is not what is happening here the multiverse is going between separate realities that is not what this thing is yeah from the limited amount of time that we have seen the world between worlds and how it functions, it exists inside of one reality yet. However, it is a bridge between space and time. Okay. So you can go, we have only seen people go back into the past and exit in the present. That happened in rebels, which you have not yet, not yet watched spoiler alert, but yeah, you're welcome. So technically Ahsoka has died twice. But um oh so she's been here before. Yes. Oh okay so she's she knows what's up. She does know what's up. We are going to talk about this the entire next episode. Okay. There's one other thing I want to set up for yes. the next the next talk. Yes. Hera's son Jason. Yeah, who brings their kid when they're disobeying? I mean, I guess the, the best place to have him is by your side when you're disobeying direct orders and Jumping well, that, into a place that you've been forbidden to go to. That ship is their house. So, I mean, like, there's no ah, else okay. to go. And Got that Winnebago. Got to take it with you. That is pretty much, it is a Winnebago with guns and torpedoes. So, okay. like, so just um, a regular Winnebago, then. Pretty much. Right? <laughs> well, I paint mine on the side, but I take your meaning. So, <laughs> Jason Sindula is eight, nine Jason. years old, ten years old. He is the son of Kanan Jarrus, a Jedi Knight from Rebels, who sacrificed himself fucking heroically to save everybody. And Hera Syndulla, who we have seen played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Ewan McGregor's wife, the absolute uh, fucking eye candy of this show, which no one can shut up about. (laughs) How do you have your name, Hera Syndulla, father's name, Kanan Jarrus. Mm-hmm. You name your motherfucking kid Jason. Yeah. They spell Although it is C- spelled weird, but C E N. Yeah. Hey Jason. Luke. Just doesn't have well, that's different. Sure. So his parents uh, didn't have cool names. You're right. Anakin and Bad I guess name. Anakin's pretty cool. Yeah, no, that's like weird too. Now I'm off Luke as well. They both just sound fucking nerdy. Because they, you could meet them in our world, basically, right? <laughs> you can meet a Luke and a Jason in our world. Hey, Jason, what's your dad's name? Carl. Jennifer's running around in Star Wars. I, you know. Yeah. Jason Syndulla is quickly becoming like my next great hope for the next oh. standard bearer Jedi Knight. 
You think what? he's a uh, sensi? He 100% is. Oh. You know, and I think that we see it in this episode. So we see Hera and some X-Wings fly into the system. Oh, yeah. And, and right as, like, Ahsoka falls off the cliff, we have a scene of Jason going, I have a bad feeling, Mom. The kid is attuned to the Force. Okay. Cool. And, and there is zero doubt. I mean, like, Kane and Jairus' offspring was always going to be attuned to the Force. It's not a Sabine Wren scenario whatsoever. <laughs> This kid is plugged in. Yeah. What I want, if I could if I could write one thing into the show where they had to make it a reality, at the end of the show, last episode, Ahsoka takes on Jason Jason Sandula to be her padwan. Yeah. Sign me up. I'll buy the toys, <laughs> I'll buy the Funko Pops, I'll buy the comic books, I'll buy the video game, I'll watch the television shows, I'll go to the movies. Yeah. Sign me up. That but would Sabine be great. Ren, but Sabine Wren has to die. So has to die? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just very upset. Has to die, or or Ahsoka has to be like, um, we can no longer professionally she, no, no. work together. I don't know. I think that okay, so like I really do believe that her decision is so is such a negative and flies so much in the face of what you're supposed to be learning that there is no well, we're going to keep working on it. Sorry yeah. that you failed this quiz. No. Like it, she it does seem weird. I think she's just more combat focused when it comes to Jedi training. I don't know. Cause like all of her decisions and everything up till now has have very much not been level at all. Right. Correct. Which is a benchmark for uh Jedi. And Ahsoka is the fucking poster child for her heart rate. You would think she was dead if you hooked her up to a fucking uh, cardiogram machine or whatever. Yeah, she's down to 10 beats a minute. (laughs) And they don't they don't spike. It's just like, yeah. Remember when we were we were hearing about flattening the curve? Yeah, she's accomplished. (laughs) Yeah, she'd run that marathon, and and her heart would wouldn't even fucking no. Oh, what what are what are these beads of liquid coming from my skin? <laughs> yeah. This I haven't had to sweat in a long time. Yeah. Well, it was an interesting episode. It, it there was only a couple of things that happened, which I kind of liked. Right, like, uh, Sindula, she was, she just spent the whole time um running uh, away to where they were to try and help them out she got there right on time if you're in a star wars uh intellectual property um right on time uh which is to say right after everything happened right yeah um but then there was just the fight in the woods that somehow if i were sin by the way mm-hmm. shin if i were shin I'd be so fucking mad that I did not cut this chick up into a million fucking pieces by now. And now she's not allowed to. Yeah. Right. Which because Danny... she wrote, yeah. Balaam Danny was like, he wouldn't let her you're, you're, I'm going to take you. Give me the map. I'll take you where we want to go. You have my word. And immediately Shin is like choking yeah. this bitch from all the way over here. And he had I'm to tell her a couple times. Yeah, he had to tell her a couple times to back off, though. Yeah, when you're really pissed at something, you don't That's listen true. to reason very well. That's true. I don't. I she's uh she's always angry too. Shin, she's got yeah. um, it's what's the full body R R B F resting bitch face? Um, she's got like uh resting murderer. Yeah, persona. I mean demeanor. She would be R M D. She would be a part of Charlie Manson's family for sure. She would have murdered Charlie Manson's family. Yeah, it would have been like, oh, cool. You were I showed up five minutes ago. This is now yeah. all mine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but, I will say before we before we sign off. Yeah. The next episode is 100 percent the stuff that I want to watch in Star Wars. Oh, okay. Unadulterated, pure 
hook me to an IV <laughs> to get it perfect. Stuff. What a what a teaser. You are going to literally shit your pants at some of the stuff that you'll see. Well, I'm going to watch it on the toilet then. That's probably real good planning. What a what a what a teaser. It's uh it's it is up there. I thought we've we've really been treated to some really great scenes. Yeah. Since we've been doing the live action stuff. Yeah. Uh, like for me, like for an example, like when Obi and Vader fought and uh, half of Vader's helmet was gone. Oh, yeah. They're doing the red and the blue, like back and forth. The voice. There is stuff in this next episode that is on par with that. With nice. Because that was a great scene. It was amazing. It was amazing stuff. All right. Well, if you want to say anything to us, questions, comments, concerns, criticisms, mediocre conversations at gmail.com we'll get it we'll read it we'll talk about it otherwise yeah sorry may the force on be it. with you well nice now last time this i is, we we stuck it so well too this is the way <laughs>